Welcome to Jack in the Pod. I'm your host, Jackie, and today our guest is Sylvie. Enjoy and follow us on Instagram and Spotify. Jack in the Pod. Today's episode is brought to you by Skittles. Taste the rainbow. Good morning and welcome to the podcast, Sylvie. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you waking up this early on a Saturday <laughs> and getting ready and coming over here. Yeah. Um. So, Sylvie, how do I know you? Um, well, we met in the BED program. Right. Um, and so it's just a one-year program. And yeah. why did you choose to come to PEI for this program? Um, well, I've actually never been out east before. And Ooh. so it was kind of an adventure. Um, also, the program is just a single year. And so I figured it was uh, kind of the best bang for my buck as far as uh, education goes, looking to start a career. I think uh, everyone was kind of thinking along the same timelines mm, as yeah. that. And where are you from, Sylvie? I am from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Ooh, but you lived in BC, right, for a I while? I did. Yeah, I grew up in BC, actually, uh, just on the coast there. And how was growing up out west, both in Winnipeg and BC, versus the lifestyle here on PEI? Um, I love it out west. Um, I Honestly, I'm not sure that there are any major differences between PEI and Manitoba. Um, it's kind of interesting because they're both agricultural communities. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of similarities, I think, between... Uh, the lifestyles and the the culture and the community too so okay yeah kind of similar and would you ever consider living in winnipeg or where did you grow up in bc um i grew up in a little place called powell river oh and is that way north or no it's actually um pretty close to vancouver um yeah so kind of it's on the mainland but it's got a very similar vibe to like vancouver island and would you ever like live at either of those places? Yeah, I would. Um, I think for me right now, the determining factor is where there's work. Yes. Um, so like <laughs> we'll if there's see. a job in Winnipeg, I'll be in Winnipeg. And if there's Winnipeg. a job here, then I'll be here or okay. wherever. And do you like kind of like the bigger cities or like a smaller town vibe um, or either? I'll take either, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I've grown up in both and I'm comfortable in both, but... Okay. Yeah. Cool. And so how was your first week of practicum or two weeks now? We've yeah. completed. Yeah. Um, it was actually so good. I'm really enjoying it. And what are you teaching right now? So I'm teaching um, grade 11 language arts. Okay. Yeah. And like all three periods, are you teaching grade 11 English? Um, I'm only teaching two periods right now. So I'm doing, uh, I guess that's 75% oh, yeah. give or take. Oh, yeah. um, so I've got two classes of uh, 521 English. Okay. So they're the same class, but I teach it twice. Oh, I really like that setup and how they have that yeah. here a lot in the island. It's yeah. like a practice one run, mm-hmm. right? You can fix things for the next class right away. Yeah, honestly, it's uh, it's the first time I've been able to do that. And it's it's very cool. And I'm really enjoying it. You taught social studies last semester? Yeah, yeah. I was teaching... Um, grade 10 geography and then grade 11 global studies and so far just from like your first impressions over the two weeks how do you like what subjects are you do you like teaching better honestly language arts which surprises me because I I definitely thought I was going to enjoy the social side of things more yeah I think just hearing those I think geography would be really fun to teach and that kind of stuff but language arts if it works it works yeah and do you like the grade 11 students or do you think like grade 12 or grade 9 10 would be a little bit better um, I honestly think it depends on the on the students that you've got True. in the class. Um, I think that there is like there's benefits to teaching all different grades. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a grade ten class last semester and we bonded really really well, and so that was actually a, a super lot of fun. super fun class. Yeah. Um, but the grade eleven students that I've got right now are also um, honestly I'm I'm having a great time with them, and so. Yeah, I don't think I really have any preferences as far as so far of what you just concerned. Yeah. And have you ever considered intermediate or not quite? You know, um, 
I definitely would prefer high school. Um, I have worked with, uh, with intermediate, like seven, eight, nine aged kids, not mm-hmm. in school, but, um, like in, uh, youth programs. Right. Um, and they're also a lot of fun, mm-hmm. but I think right now I'm like, I'm really enjoying the high school situation. So okay. I would, I would definitely pick high school over intermediate. And you were lucky to be placed at the same high school as your second practicum, but a different teacher, different classes, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's actually been awesome being able to go back to the same school. Um, and I'm actually like literally one classroom over from the very classroom I was teaching in, which is, uh, which is great. Very different experience though, two very different teachers. And so I'm getting a lot of, uh, um, you know, different perspectives, which I'm also really enjoying. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like just like socially and emotionally, it's been really great to, to just be back in a environment that I've kind of already yeah, established myself something in. you're comfortable in because even mm-hmm. going to a new school, it's like, where's the staff room? How's the schedule? What are the yeah. bell schedule? Like? Yeah. And just like getting to know the teachers and where to be and what's the mm-hmm. procedures is a huge hurdle. It really is. Yeah. So it's kind of a, a, nice thing not to have to think about right yeah because even at um i'm at birchwood and i find that i'm i don't know the bell schedule i can't figure out what the warning bells are yeah and by the time i figure that out, it'll be time to leave so like that's kind of disappointing but at least you kind of got half of that all all done yeah and do you find that teaching right now like the prep wise that we have to do is like overloading at all or are you finding it getting easier and easier as as you do it like like lesson planning yeah yeah um, you know, that's hard to say. Yeah. Um, I think that I've kind of um definitely challenged myself this semester. Um, I am building a lot of my own course material. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm planning like different units and then lesson planning for each of those units. And I'm able to do that because my my cooperating teacher has given me a lot of uh freedom to do what I'd like. And so um I'm not really using any of her material. I'm not really using um the course outline that she has and and she's uh like we've discussed that and she's been uh, really accommodating in that way. So I have an opportunity to um I guess get a taste of like what my first year of teaching would be like. Um now that is a lot of work and yeah, so for sure. <laughs> I think that I have overloaded myself a little bit. <laughs> um but it's a nice challenge and I'm I'm enjoying having something to do. So Yeah, I was talking with um I think Emily and maybe even Zoe like just the burnout of like becoming a new teacher. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like depending on who your CT is or even what grade you're teaching it can become a little chaotic as a student. Yes. yes. Um, so I know like for when I did grade 12 last semester, I, it was so hard to keep up with the material because yeah. I actually had to learn it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Whereas now that it's grade eight, like yeah. I can walk in and no matter what the math question is, most times mm-hmm. I can usually figure it out enough yeah. Yeah. in the time, which I'm really enjoying a little bit of calmer lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I think the high school level is a little bit more like maybe intellectually stimulating yes. and just like, I, I like that kind of material better, but yes. it is more difficult I think to teach at this point yeah I think that I've kind of uh I've I don't want to say I have an advantage but like Mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of freedom in literature and language arts classes whereas like I can't imagine trying to teach science and math like there's there's ways to do things and you have to know you have to do them um so I mean I'm definitely having fun just kind of yeah (laughs) planning things and how I enjoy your two-week break uh like our winter break um it was good it was I was not expecting it to be good because like you know 
there was a big question about what we were going to do with our time because yes. we like no one was in school. We couldn't do any substitute work. But honestly, I think because I had like created this project for myself mm-hmm. with like the the unit planning, um, I was busy and use like, your time wisely. Yes. Yeah. And um, I think that we had a lot of fun as a program. We went yeah. out a bunch of times and we we're just hanging out with each other, doing work and getting coffee. And honestly, it was yes. a, a great time just to kind of build community within the program. Yeah, I found like I got my I like put myself back into like our like winter break routine mm, yeah. like so I was sleeping in and kind of like getting used to that lifestyle of not having to go to school every day so yeah, Tuesday yeah, yeah. was a little bit of a rude awakening for oh, me no. when I was like 8 a.m oh no yeah. I gotta get to school <laughs> thank goodness for that snow day that mm-hmm. helped out though that's for sure yeah and so uh one thing I wanted to ask you mm-hmm. was about cadets yeah so that was I huge part of you that I found out that you did in the past um, during yeah. I think your knapsack is when you first mentioned yeah. it. But you got to do a lot of outdoors. I did. Activities yes. yeah. like camping, hiking. Um, could you tell us maybe a little bit more of that or just one experience that you really enjoyed or where you traveled to through cadets? Yeah. So um, I was an army cadet um, from I think the time I was like 12 until I was 18. Um, and so, yeah, that was a phenomenal program and I, I honestly can't say enough good things about it. Um, my favorite component of that program was definitely the, like the outdoor adventure side Mm -hmm. of things. There's lots of different routes that you can take. There's a lot of different things you can focus on, but I was definitely like the, the adventure expedition. Oh yeah. That Uh, sounds so amazing. Yeah, that was my thing. Um, I think my favorite part was I worked up in Whitehorse, um, because I went back to be a, an officer with the program. Right. Um, so I went up to Whitehorse for, I think, four different summers, um, just like running summer camps mm-hmm. um, for like eight weeks at a time. And yeah, we would do um, like like six week expeditions with, you know, basically high school age kids. Wow. Um, we'd just be out in the backcountry of the Yukon hiking, biking, canoeing, rock climbing and oh, that sounds just like doing all kinds of crazy, <laughs> crazy things. And uh, yeah, I think I just fell in love with it, uh, with doing that. And yeah. I think also that was kind of where I, I realized that I really loved being um, you know, like working with uh, with kids and mentoring kids and challenging them and seeing them grow mm-hmm. um, and then being there to experience that success with them. Oh, for um, sure. So I think that was a large uh, contributing factor to my decision to uh, to become a teacher. And would you ever consider teaching like outdoor ed? Oh, yeah. And I would love ditching that. the English? Honestly. Okay. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be a dream. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I too would love to teach outdoor ed. Mm-hmm. I just think like the skills students learn, like leadership and yes. just like practical yes. life skills yeah. of working with others and mm-hmm. doing things on your own that are tough sometimes. Yeah. Like long range, yeah. snow. Yeah. It benefits them way more than absolutely doing this math. Yeah. And I think like, I think that hands on courses like that, um, are just really like, I think the students can really see the, the, um, the connection between like the content and the real world. I think that's something that students struggle with a lot is like trying to figure out like, why are we doing this and why are we learning this and how is it going to affect me in my, my future life? Um, and so in like really practical hands-on kinesthetic, um, uh, courses like that, it's really easy for you to make those connections with them. Um, and also like, it's, it's a little bit different and, and you know, you're, you're educating in a very different environment from what they're used to. And so you have an opportunity to you know, to challenge them in different ways. And I'm also a huge fan of, um, you know, taking real life, uh, con- like 
experiences and having real life conversations with students. Mm -hmm. And I try and do that in the classroom as much yeah. as possible, just having like, you know, real life conversations about, you know, what does it look like to be a grown up? And because they're on the edge of graduating and they're going to be oh, dropped yes. into real life very soon. And like, what does mental health look like? And what does good communication look like? And I definitely try and have those good conversations in class as much as possible. But I think when you're trying to deliver content, you don't often have a lot of time for those, those no. conversations. Um, and I think it's like those places where you really build relationship and build like, you know, for yourself an opportunity to, to really, you know, speak to the lives of these kids. Yeah. And the, the education system all across all provinces is jam packed to the brim, especially it in really high is, school yeah. and grade 11 and 12 when they're getting serious about moving on to, to real life, like mm -hmm. that to have time for field trips yeah. and even just like a break for some more fun education. It's really mm -hmm. hard to squeeze that in when yeah. there's assemblies and snow days and just yeah. all these other events going on. Yeah. Um, like on Friday yesterday, I had only probably half my kids or less because there's a hockey tournament island wide mm -hmm. for the grade eights. So mm -hmm. most of the classes were gone. So we couldn't yeah. do a thing. Yeah. So another oh. day I kind of wasted. But I do really like cherish the outdoor education experience I had in high school and I yeah. just had a little bit like they just did a canoe trip every year kind of thing yeah. and it just like created so many hobbies for me later yeah, on and honestly I can't even imagine not doing it and did you join cadets like did you just pick it or did your family do it before did your siblings do it uh no my two older brothers joined cadets okay. um and I was you know I don't know. interested at that point i was a tomboy and whatever my brothers were doing was the cool thing and so yeah. i was like well they're doing cadets so i'm gonna do cadets yeah. and like yeah it was a it, honestly it was a great choice yeah. um because it it really impacted the way that um uh, that i teach the way that i lead um and i think like it was a, a really positive thing that um has set myself or has set me up for success in the future oh for sure sounds like a really great experience both mm -hmm. as a student and a teacher yeah aspect. honestly yeah and another hobby of yours, mm -hmm. not just outdoor, is pottery, right? Yes. Tell me, tell us about your yes. pottery. So um, I learned pottery in high school. My mom is the art teacher at the school that I graduated mm -hmm. from. And so she one day decided that she wanted to teach pottery at school. So she took a three-month class and then was immediately teaching it in high school, which is insane because it's a very difficult thing to learn. Um, so I learned from her in high school and then just continued doing it. Um, we have a studio mm -hmm. at home. And so I would... Uh, kind of just take my afternoons and my evenings and and do that. Um, and honestly, like, I think that was how I paid for most of my like gas money to and from oh, university sure. when I was doing my undergrad. Um, I was at a farmer's market every summer and <laughs> it was, yeah, mug. it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really enjoy it. Um, it's a great hobby, but it's also, you know, like I, I have become good enough at it that I can you know, sell pretty good products. So yeah, awesome. And do you find one thing? Well, one thing I'm struggling with while here on PEI, mm -hmm. love PEI, love our program and everything. But I find that it doesn't have enough of the outdoors for mm -hmm. those kind of hobbies. Yeah. And now you don't really have a pottery studio here. Like, do you find that you've had to make new hobbies? Or do you just are kind of lost in those things because you can't do them here as, or as well? Yeah, you know, I definitely miss the opportunity to to go outside and to be active. And mm -hmm. I miss the the artistic side of things, yeah. um, you know, like doing pottery. But I think that the absence of those hobbies has really forced me to lean into the the community that we're building in our cohort and right. the program. Um, and so, like, I have made a ton of friends and mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're constantly doing things. And I've I've really just enjoyed being able to you know, step outside of my comfort zone a little bit socially. Yeah. And um, and yeah, just like 
you know, figure out how to how to build relationship as a grown up because oh, uh, sure. it's very different when you're uh, oh it is something like you know insular like a high school or or something like that so yeah and I think we're pretty lucky that our group is so small mm-hmm, because yeah. it kind of forced us to get to know each other really really quickly yes. whereas if you move to a new place and you're just getting started with work like it is really hard I think to meet people at our age like yeah. honestly yeah. like to become friends that don't already have families and lives mm-hmm. and all that so that's one thing I'm worried about if I move to like a brand new spot to become a teacher yeah it's like how do I build that community up again when I don't have school to rely on to help yeah. me make that yeah. so easily yeah and so when you finish this program are you going to be looking like Canada wide per se for a job yeah or- I think I will be um and like I I also have that like you know, lingering anxiety about yes. like, what's it going to look like to build another community somewhere else where I, I don't have that that mm-hmm. in. Um, but I think again because this program has pushed me uh, to develop like my social skills. Yeah, I guess it's true. Um, I feel like I'm more prepared to uh, to step into a new mm-hmm. community and and use the skills that I've learned here to to develop a new one somewhere else. Right. And right before this program, well, actually right before COVID, Mm -hmm. you were teaching overseas, weren't you? I was. Yeah. I had just moved to China, um, which is kind of ironic. Um, And I was there for, I think, four months and uh, and then COVID hit and you had to come back. I had left all your stuff there. didn't Yeah. Yeah. Like I have a life set up uh, in like North Central China and it's just waiting for do you me. still have your stuff there is oh yeah it, oh yeah oh you still have a... like i we tried to get a visa for i think it was a year we were trying to get back in wow. and the were. government was just like you know what it's like, too no. crazy world right now like absolutely not yep. yeah yeah wow so are you you got to go back someday to get all these things or at least I clear guess. out your spot yeah i i honestly <laughs> have no idea what that's gonna look like at this point so i've just i'm focusing on on building a career here right now so sylvie do you have like any funny memories or anything that happened over the cohort that you want to talk about um yeah actually we had this one moment in i think it was our social studies methods class um (laughs) we're just like constantly snacking in class of course um because we're grown-ups and we're allowed to do that um but we were sitting in this class configuration where like it was like there was a horseshoe um that faced the front of the class but then because we're such a large group we had to have like tables um in the center of the horseshoe mm-hmm. and so like for anyone sitting on the inside getting up and going anywhere was like was really kind of they're pretty jam-packed in there like sardines. really jam-packed it was yeah it was a squeeze um but especially for those people in the middle and so we had this one afternoon where there was a bag of skittles going around and um it was in the like the one of those center tables and um <laughs> One of our classmates, Corey, uh, we're in the middle of class with professors talking and he like grabs a Skittle and pops it in his mouth and then like starts choking on it. Um, (laughs) But nobody realized it because like he was like doing it so quietly. And so he's like, like, again, actively choking on a Skittle in the middle of class. And like, we can all kind of see him like, like quietly coughing and like, again, trying not to like disturb the professor. Yeah. Um, and like, and it went on for probably like 35 seconds. We were all just kind of like staring at Corey, like, what's wondering, he do? like, does he need like medical assistance? What's happening? Like, and then finally, finally, he gets up and like staggers to the door <laughs> and everyone just stops and watches him go. 
He probably had to like work his way out of the center. He really pit. did, yeah. And he's like, he's like choking the entire time. We're just like, oh my god, like what's happening? And we like all look at Lee because she's a doctor, and like, is she gonna save him? <laughs> Honestly, oh man, it was just and like and the professor is just like trying to continue teaching. No one is paying. No attention. one's at this point. Uh, yeah, oh man, it was it was a lot, but like yeah, I think he just um, and then probably laughed about it for another five or ten we, minutes. After we we right? really did, and like poor Corey was like, I'm so sorry for the disturbance. We're like, man, like you're are you all right? Like yeah. that's the primary question here. Yeah, oh man, it was all because of a skittle. All because of a skittle. Shout out to Corey. Honestly, and I think that that just really demonstrates the importance of having a, a good classroom configuration. It because, is. We yeah. got a doctor. We don't care. No, it all can't works. have children choking. So, <laughs> do you have anything you wanted to say to the cohort or anything like that? Man, um, again, like I have just really enjoyed the program. Um, mm-hmm. it's it's been awesome to. Again, to have a, a like such a large group of people with such diverse life experience um, that's just gelled so well. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, I think, that was one thing that uh, that I was most worried about when I came out here was like, you know, what is what is community going to look like? Oh, for sure. Um, and so I've just been super, super blessed um, to like to be part of this group. And mm-hmm. yeah, like I I really enjoyed everyone like as individuals, um, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed the the energy that we have as a group um and like it's made this experience just like just amazing honestly and i think uh lee said it once uh in her podcast Mm -hmm. that like i think we learned better because we are all so diverse yeah i agree yeah like if we had been all the same or different ages Mm -hmm. it wouldn't it wouldn't have worked as well as it did yeah no i think that that's uh, a really good observation that we made yeah um like strength and diversity is maybe a little yeah. cliche but honestly oh, like we've heard it a few times during this we program. really have so <laughs> and it happens to be true yeah no i yeah honestly like if i could say thank you to everybody um <laughs> in this moment i absolutely would i guess i can yeah. i'm on a podcast yeah. so well, yeah. <laughs> well well listen that's a different story yeah <laughs> um but yeah so you have an instagram for your pottery what is it um it's pine nut pottery everyone go follow yes. and then like it and yeah. then so as soon as you get back i think you should make 30 identical mugs <gasps> And yes. then you should ship them all to them across us. Canada. Or we will all come visit. I would love that. <laughs> we could have a great time. Yes, that yeah. sounds like a perfect plan. Good. Just like a, a little summer yeah. reunion. For sure. All right, Sylvia, it was great to have you on the podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming. Thank in. you so much for having me. It's been great. And everyone follow us on Spotify. Mm. All right. Jack in the pod. <laughs>